evening and welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show, to my podcast. It is podcast number 246. Wow, we've been at it for a while and the audience is growing and we're having a lot of fun. This is the place where men and women can be at their best and everyone wins. We've got a great show tonight. We have a fantastic relationship coach. We're going to do a series of relationship coach podcasts coming up in the next month or so. And our first one is somebody very special, Arlene Vasquez Washburn. And she is a top-notch relationship expert, dating coach, marriage counselor, so many other things. She does wonderful work, and I can't wait to bring her on in uh, just a few minutes. So let's talk about what's going on out there right now. Well, outside of my studio, as always... There is an ambulance blasting by uh, right down 116th Street here in New York City, uh, coming from Mount Sinai. So we always get to hear that and welcoming our listeners to the show. So Yankee baseball seems to be the word in New York City. Everywhere I went today, everybody had a Yankees cap on. People are really jazzed about this young upcoming team. Um, they're winning as of right now, the game is on. And the last I checked, they were winning two nothing. And, uh, Aaron judge was at bat with a guy on base with two outs. And I don't know what happened because I got to start the show, but, uh, if the Yankees can hold on and win tonight, then they'd be one win away from the world series, which would be pretty amazing since nobody even picked them for the playoffs. But, uh, the Yankees are a special team. They're really the heart of New York. I grew up, uh, in northern New Jersey, which was Yankee territory, and then the Mets came out, and then a lot of kids started to root for the Mets. But uh, I think the majority, I think New York's still uh, a Yankees town. They've won 27 world championships. It's, it ships. it's more than any team in any sport. So it's pretty amazing, and uh, I had my Yankees cap on today also, I have to admit, and my son has one. We have a whole family of Yankee fans, and uh, my son asked me, who are the New York Mets? And I'm like, who? What? New York Mets? But anyhow, uh, of course, uh, he's been wearing a Yankees cap for the last two years. And uh, I always keep the game on when he's around because I'm going to take him to a game. But uh, no Mets fans here. Sorry, son. You're going to be a Yankees fan. Uh, We'll see what he says about the Dallas Cowboys, but at least for now, Yankees fans. So anyhow, uh, weather-wise here in New York City, it's uh, it's gotten warm again. It was cold for a couple of days. It's gotten warm again, and it's the end of August, uh, October. And I always remember that, you know, sometimes we think it gets so warm in October, but it's really not. Um, I know that uh, probably about 15 years ago, you know, it's interesting because when the winter starts early, then you have a really tough winter. Uh, maybe it was more than 15 years ago. Maybe it was like 1998, 1996 or whatever. But I remember we got snow on October 15th. and We had a brutal winter. The last few years, though, we've had very mild winters with a couple of big, big uh, snow days. But that's it. But uh, the weather seems to be warmer and warmer, you know, going through October. But it's not that out of the ordinary. I remember back in 1989 going out to Shea Stadium to see the Rolling Stones and their Steel Wheels tour. And it was October 26th, and I wore a T-shirt, or just a, not a T-shirt. I actually wore my uh, dress shirt from, uh, from my job and went right out to uh, Shea Stadium and thinking, wow, it's still warm out here, and it's October 26th. So every time I think that it's global warming, it's global warming, it's too warm out, 
I remember that, well, you know, all those years ago, 1989, 90, 2000, you know, over 25, 25 years ago, it's like it was, it was warm back then too. But uh, the temperatures that have been recorded have actually said that the warmest years on record have been 2016 and before that 2015. And I think they're going to break the record again, 2017. So fasten your seatbelts, people because it's going to get warm. And I also noticed that the climate here in New York City seems to be more tropical, more humidity with the heat and uh, like this warm breeze and all. It's just, uh, it's not the usual fall, crisp fall days that we've gotten, but we'll see what happens. Today was a gorgeous, gorgeous day. Uh, it went up to about 70. It's going to be that way for the rest of the week. So enjoy it, people, because there's no place like New York City in the fall. Autumn in New York, like for Sinatra sang. Um, what else is happening? Well, uh, I don't even want to get into uh, our president because I think everybody's got Trump fatigue. Whether you like them or loathe them, uh, it's just draining just to keep track of all the you know crazy things that happen with him and his cabinet and things he says and things he's trying to do. It's like wow. So I'm going to let that go for tonight. And then we have Halloween coming up soon. So we'll uh, uh, a lot of stuff I'm reading about, like don't dress your kids up to be cl- on clowns because there's a lot of crazy stuff with clowns this year. People are afraid of that because of the maybe it's because of the movie It or whatever, the Stephen King story. But uh, anyhow, my son, I asked him what he wanted to be. He's four. And he uh, we had actually we had a police uniform that somebody gave us. And I was like, hmm, I don't know about that, but uh, he wants to be a bunny. So we've got him a bunny costume. So he's going to wear that for Halloween and uh, <laughs> his choice. He wants to be a bunny. He's going to be a bunny. <laughs> so far, he's been a pumpkin. And uh, last year, uh, you know what? I'll think of it, but I'm not sure what he was last year. But two years ago, he was a pumpkin. And last year he was, I cannot remember at this moment, but I will. And uh, this year he wants to be a bunny. So that's that. Let me uh, tell you a little bit more about the show and about the Guys Guys brand, and then we'll bring our special guest out, Arlene Vasquez from Washburn. And if you want to call in and ask Arlene questions about relationships and dating, because she's got a vast, vast history of uh, expertise in this area, and I'm really, uh, really honored to have her on the show tonight. But call us up, and you can ask a question for Arlene. 347-945-5834, 347-945-5834. Please give us a call. But uh, we're going to uh, do uh, our interview with our special guest, Arlene, and then I'm going to do the uh, Guys, Guys, Guide later on in the show. And uh, this week, uh, what I like to do with the Guys, Guys, Guide, our special feature is kind of highlight, give a little preview of my weekly blog. And this week I decided to write about guys who aren't guys guys and uh as i started writing i'm like wow there's a lot of them and there's a lot of bad male behavior and you know what there's still a lot of good guys and a lot of guys guys out there but you know what there's a lot of not so good guys guys not so guy guys who are out there who uh who are actually uh you know uh reaping a lot of success money and power and uh hopefully uh, things are going to be changing. And I think they are. I think things are starting to turn a bit and there's going to be a lot of things happening in the next couple of years. And I think we'll be living in a different society uh, within the next five to 10 years. I think things are really going to shift, but for now we're here. So let's deal with it and do it the best we can. Now, remember the guys, guys brand all started with my novel, the guys, guys guide to love. It's uh, a book and it's a novel and it's about two men, 
competing for love, sex, power, and money in New York City and the advertising game. Ultimately, the book is about love, though. It's been called The Male Successor to Sex in the City by iconic 20th century author Dan Wakefield. And we've gotten spectacular reviews on the book, so I'm very thrilled about that. And uh, the sequel will be coming. Um, you can catch the book on probably the best places, Amazon, because uh, they've got uh, good prices and uh, they have the hardcover, not the hardcover, actually it's a softcover uh, printed version, or you can get the ebook. And uh, also you can catch me, uh, Robert Manny, on Guys Guys Radio. All of our podcasts are free. You can uh, find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and of course, Blog Talk Radio, where we record from. And uh, if you want to support the show, all I ask is that you do one thing. Listen, enjoy, and rate, review, or subscribe on iTunes. It really makes a big difference. It pushes us up the list, and we get more noticeability, and then we get better guests, and then you get more entertainment. But listen to the show at any time. Always feel free to call, and uh, it's Guys Guys Radio. You can catch me also. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube. I'm all over social media. And uh, got a lot of nice friends out there. Twitter, Facebook, the whole bit. And my website is robertmanni.com. So we're going to take a very brief break. And then we're going to bring out our special guest, Arlene Vasquez Washburn. Okay, we're back. And now it's time for our special guest. So let me tell you a little bit about her. She has an amazing bio. She is a relationship expert, a master executive, certified matchmaker, a dating coach, creator of the Get Real, Get Love system, and the founder of AV Connections, which is an LLC, and past, lifepastdivorce.com, which I find very interesting because it's nice that a matchmaker and relationship expert is, uh, has an expertise in uh, divorce because there's so many people who, uh, who are divorced, uh, over 50%. She has uh, some fairy tale successes to her name, including matching clients who got married for the first time at the age 60. She's CEO of the Matchmaking Institute, which is the only accredited state licensed school for matchmaking and relationship sciences in the world, established in 2003. Um, she helps people uh, connect with the best resources they need to succeed at their best authentic self. And I love that because the whole guys, guys brand is about when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. A better man, better world. She believes that feeling good about yourself and making a good first impression is essential to finding love. I totally agree with her on that. She travels worldwide. She's been contributing to Industry Magazine, Cosmo, Sirius, at XM Radio, Your Tango, Project Eve, Telemundo, other media out, out, outlets. And um, she's been a resident expert on Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life Magazine, and the radio show on WOR 710, New York's number one talk radio and iHeartRadio. So let's bring her out right now. Let me connect her. Arlene Vasquez Washburn, good evening and welcome to Guys Guys Radio. Hi, Robert. I'm so excited to be here tonight. This has uh, long been uh, coming, huh? <laughs> We've been talking uh, about it for a while. You know what? I'm so glad you're here. And uh, this is a time of year where a lot of people uh, fall in love. In the fall, it's a good time. You got the summer out of the way. Everybody's hunkering down leading up to the holidays, but there's that perfect fall season. That's that nesting season, that cu that cushioning season or whatever you want to call it. And uh, <laughs> it's a good time to fall in love. And you, I was reading your about you and like myself, you also, I think met your 
uh, partner online, which I did. Yes, absolutely. I'm a, a big proponent of online dating and everything else that it takes to put a concentrated effort into finding the love of your life. So I'm all for doing everything uh, to get to that goal, Good. including working too. with a matchmaker. <laughs> <laughs> of course. So let's start about. Let's start with this. Uh, tell us about what do you think is happening with the state of love and relationships and dating right now, and if you have seen any differences in like the past five, in the past five to ten years. Yeah, for sure I've seen a huge difference in the number of people who actually want to get married. Um, this younger generation is just, they, they really don't care about that as much. Um, you know, I think marriage is on the, on the decline. Really? Uh, okay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, people are very comfortable with even having children out of wedlock and um, it's not that taboo anymore. It's it's really interesting. Or or if they're getting married, they're waiting a lot longer than back in the day when you know we started to get nervous in our twenties <laughs> about not getting married. Right. So um, I think that that's been a big change and a big shift. Also, um, it's no longer taboo to to even say that you met your significant other online. I mean that that was. I mean, that just shifted recently even. Yes. Um, you know, my husband and I have been together for quite a while, but when whenever we would uh, meet friends and family and uh, people would ask, how did you guys meet? I would say, oh, we met online. And he would give me this look like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, what? What's right. the big deal? I, I'm, I'm all for it. So anyway, so yeah, those are the kind of things that I feel that are changing quite a bit. Well, um, you know, I met my wife and I met online and uh, uh, I want to get your perspective on this. I had been single for so many years that when I would go home for Thanksgiving or whatever, nobody asked, when are you getting married anymore? But I, <laughs> I had been in a lot of long term relationships. I lived with two different women and I dated happily also. <clears throat> and I, uh, I, I found that online dating was great because mm -hmm. uh if you could, uh, if you're a guy and you could uh, do use spell check and just uh, had a brain and uh, knew how to not just say, uh, duh, oh, you look hot, and you can carry on a dialogue with a woman using the power of, uh, you know, word, um, that you could meet really great women. And there's a lot of fantastic women out there. And I actually have a lot of empathy for what women have to go through. But um, I, at one point I realized, and I don't know if this is what happens to you or this what happens to some of your clients, but I realized that I asked myself, what is the mistake I am making? And I had the epiphany that I have not made room in my heart for somebody else. And once I had that kind of V8 moment and made the room there, I was like, I knew it would happen and I knew it would happen quickly. And in fact, I remember going home one time and I told my mom, I'm going to get married next year. And she's like, really, who? I said, I don't know, but it's going to happen. And uh, sure enough, a year later, I was engaged. What happened was my wife went on to match.com and she had a free three-day trial and she winked at me and uh, I broke every rule that I had about, I had a whole system for my online dating and I broke all the rules and met her. I didn't talk to her on the phone. She was just getting out of a marriage. So she wasn't officially divorced yet. And I still met her and we went out on one date and then we went out on two dates. And then a year to the day that we met, we got engaged and it all worked out. So what I'm, I guess, sorry for the long story, but 
do you find that one of the keys for uh, people who are looking for love is making sure that they have room in their heart for somebody else because everybody's so wrapped up in themselves, particularly here. I'm in New York city and everybody's type a and everybody's all about me, me, me now, now, now. You hit the nail on the head. One of the things that I talk to most women uh, in particular, because I do a lot of coaching for women is that you need to make room for that special someone emotionally, you know, open heart, open mind, but also with your time, because I think, this day and age, people are like 24-hour employees, and they're addicted right. to being busy. And in particular, when you're when you're single, you tend to fill up your time even more, so that you know some people try to avoid the idea that they they don't have that significant other. And so, right. I would mm-hmm. say you have to make that time. Make that time before the person shows up, so you don't resent them if you have to make time when they when they're there, so that you're really open and. And, and ready, and also Present. have that intention, like you said. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, you have to kind of do a little inner work. Uh, one of the um, coaching programs that I developed, which is called Get Real, Get Love, is really about that. It's about inner work and getting yourself prepared mm-hmm. emotionally um, and mentally and having the right mindset and the, and the right belief system that's actually going to get you to that to that goal, like you told your mom, I'm getting married next year. So that became your belief. It supported what you wanted to accomplish. And when That's you right. believe something, your actions try to sync up with your belief and you accomplish yep. things that way. So, yeah. It's like getting in alignment or manifesting. And I think one of the things that, you know, people read a lot of, so many people read The Secret and they try to, they do their best to manifest and they don't realize that. It's not about hard work. It's about aligning yourself with your truth or whatever you you want by having the thought in your head first, and then it becomes something that's out there. And if you align to it, then it can happen, and it doesn't have to be a struggle. I'm still learning that myself, but I think when it comes to love, it's very easy to do that. And a lot of people are not aware that love doesn't have to be this uh, uh, challenge. Excuse me, challenging battlefield. What what are your thoughts on that, Arlene? Oh, my gosh. I so agree with you, and it, it pains me when I hear um, relationship experts talking about how relationships are so hard. It's really about effort, but I, they don't – they shouldn't be hard, actually. Uh, I find that in my relationship, that's my happy place. That's where I go to look for comfort and support, and when things are tough in the outside world, that's my safe place, and – so, and yes, there's effort that's put into it, but it's it's effort that I want to put in because it's a mutual respect and a mutual consideration and trust and all that good stuff. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. You have to be in alignment and, and be, um, what's the word I'm trying to say? Some people want, so they'll, so they'll say, hey, I want to meet someone who's not critical, but then everything that comes out of their mouth is being critical. And so you have to look at that and say, you know what, you're going to attract that because when you talk right. about alignment, your alignment is based on what, where you are energetically. And if this is mm-hmm. where your mindset is and this is how, you're, you know, how you think, how you behave, how you act, you're going to attract exactly that. <laughs> so right. um, it's, that's really important, important. And I love that you say you know, alignment because it's key. That's exactly right. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, our thoughts are uh, powerful. Our words are powerful. Our thoughts are powerful. And, um, 
you know, you, you kind of, in a lot of ways, I'm learning this more and more that you create your own reality. And some people see the world as it's Darwinian and it's like me versus them. And it's, uh, you know, everybody's trying to attack us and uh, other people see it as like, you know, wow, I'm alive another day and this is great. And we'll work our way through things. And that becomes your, that the way you perceive things becomes your reality. And I think that applies to dating also. And I think, you know, in a macro picture, when you look at the whole big enchilada with your life, you know, there are some challenges in how you view things. But when it comes to dating, you can boil that down pretty simply and just, you know, make make room for somebody else. Do the inner work, like you say, and I love the fact I read in your bio that you work with uh, your clients and they do the inner work first and then they do the outer work and embrace the technology and uh, and take it take it from there. So um, let's let's talk about technology a little bit, because we both succeeded with technology. And I think a lot of folks get uh, particularly uh, people over 40. Um, they get a little bit stuck with the technology in terms of like, oh, I'm back in the dating pool. I've got to use technology. They're not sure how to manage all of it because, you know, match and stuff like, you know, that's an easy one. But then when you get with Tinder and Bumble and all these other things that people are like, what do I do? You know, uh, how do you advise your clients in terms of how to uh, juggle all of that technology to make it work for you instead of being something that makes you crazy and confused? Well, I I agree with you that the technology and the and the choice that you make for the technology is key. So if you're you know if you're someone who is probably forty plus fifty plus, you have to you have to consider the right platform for yourself. Maybe it's mm-hmm. seniors plus. You may not like the sound of that, or but <laughs> but you're gonna probably find the right type of people there. Match.com I still think is a great platform and it's always been a favorite of mine and I met my husband on Match. Um, but more than the technology, it's also being smart about how you approach it. When you're on Match, similar to what you said, you said you broke all the rules. I'm so glad you broke the rules because to me the rules, the, what you did, your format is exactly what I, um, I'm a proponent of. Like, mm-hmm. never mind a million messages back and forth. Have a brief conversation. If you feel there's a connection there, get go somewhere, meet someone in a safe location in public, be safe and everything else, and right. and and just interact with someone to decide whether or not you think that they're a match. And when you show up, show up with an open heart, open mind, and don't go into it looking for red flags, which is what people do. Because as you were saying before, perception is everything. And how you choose to perceive your life, not to be Pollyanna or, you know, be, don't be a fool, but at the same time, I see so many people approach dating to just kind of showing up and looking, oh, he did this, nope, nope, okay, this is a problem. And and they go into it with that mindset. They're just looking for problems. And that's the way li- life is that way. If you are looking for right. it, you're going to find it. Yeah, that's a, that's <laughs> so, a great point. That's yeah. a great point. Let, let, let's, let's talk about that a little bit because I think uh, one of the – I'm not going to call it a complaint, <clears throat> but one of the observations that I think a lot of guys who are in the market would say is that, my goodness, these women, uh, they have these lists, and uh, a lot of men feel that for right or for wrong, that when they go out a date on a date there for the first date or one or two dates, they feel like they're being interviewed for a job. And it's like, Oh my goodness. Uh, you know, it, they become self-conscious and, um, it makes, it makes it tough for them. Uh, do you think that's, uh, there's some truth to that? 
And um, how do you advise men to uh, deal with the whole and women with the whole concept of the list? Because guys usually have a pretty short list. She's got to be nice. She's got to be smart. She's got to look good and uh, uh, be relatively easygoing. Where and the fact that she appreciates me. I think if uh, women can do those four things, that guys are like, okay, uh, this this could work. Um, with women, a lot of times they get into some of the micro details. Uh, for whatever reason, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but they'll get into like, oh, I like this guy because he's got long fingers or like he has this type. I only want to date doctors or uh, 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 attorneys or whatever. He has to be over six foot two. And, you know, it gets to the point where, uh, you know, you start to build this type that becomes untenable. So talk to us about that. 100% agree. And one of the things that I do in helping people, in particular with the coaching with women, is to get them out of their own way. Because this whole laundry list is just, it's just a way to stay single, basically. It's not to say that you shouldn't have standards um, and some key deal breakers. And some. there's usually some must-haves and some deal breakers. But mm-hmm. I always, when I meet with my clients, I give them Five must-haves and five deal breakers. That is okay. it. That's because, great. And, and a lot of times people do have a hard time actually coming up with that list, thankfully, um, because I think you, you, it's, it's really surprising where you find love and the person that you least expect could be That's the true. one. Uh, yep. And so coming in with this preconceived list of ancillary stuff that has absolutely nothing to do with how you want to feel when you're with this person, you know, the, the feelings that the feelings, the support, the, the way someone treats you, none of that has to do most of the time with the list that they have, like this business of the guy has to be six feet tall, but I'm five foot one, you know, it's, it's that kind of thing. So um, we stripped down all of that in our first session it's usually two hours, and we talk about what is an ideal match, and we get people to open up. And, you know, somebody might say, well, he has to have a college degree and preferably, you know, secondary degree. And I'll say, okay, well, are you willing to meet someone that I know is brilliant, smart, articulate, owns his own company, has traveled the world, and hasn't gone past high school? And they'll mm-hmm. say, well, yeah, well, that's a different thing. That's a different story. And I'm like, no, but see, this is where your list is getting in your way. Right. So you're not really, you don't care so much about the degree as much as you care about those other things. Like, is this person articulate? Are they versatile? Can I bring them around my friends? Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. those kinds of things. So that's why we need to get always down to the nitty gritty about what, what is this, what's behind this list. Okay. Um, but yeah. Let's- Let's talk about some of those things on the list, because I think um, from my experience and talking to a lot of women, including my wife, who always reminds me of this, is the number one problem is uh, guys not, including myself sometimes, not being present um, uh, where they feel like you're not listening to me or, you know, sometimes, you know, men and women communicate a little bit differently. If an issue comes up, the guy says, well, this is what I think about that. And he'll listen and like, oh, you think about it that way. Well, I think about it this way. And uh, let's see if we can work that through. And if not, well, this is how I think about it. Whereas sometimes you deal with a woman and please correct me. I'm trying to be respectful here. They'll want to just talk it, talk it through and talk it through and talk it through. And the guy will get frustrated and basically say, I don't know how else to approach this because I told you how I felt about it. And, uh, 
but women want to keep talking about it. So it's, I think uh, uh, that's one thing. And then the bigger concept is sometimes women feel rightfully or sometimes not rightfully that the guy's not present if he doesn't want to go along with how they communicate because guys communicate differently and they communicate with each other differently too. One of the things that I talk to women and men, but okay, so men and women completely, you know, communicate very differently. And so there needs to be uh, a level of upfront setting expectations. So if I'm going to talk to my husband and all I want from him is to listen and to hear me out, you don't have to solve the problem. I will let him know, babe, I want to talk to you about this. I just, I just hear me out. I just need to kind of talk it through. No need to solve the problem because right. men usually go in, into the problem solving or exactly. providing, you know, and that's mm-hmm. your way of wanting to support the woman. So knowing that as well from a woman's uh, standpoint should also be a good thing that, you know, it may not be my style of communication, but I also understand that my husband's just trying to support me in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yep. at the same time, I would say, look, you need a board of directors for your life. Your husband <laughs> cannot be everything for you. So if you need to talk at nauseam about a topic Find someone in your board of directors, and that could be your parenting mentor, or it could be your um, business mentor, or whatever that is. Have these people in your life that are go-to people that you can discuss these things with so that you're not burdening your partner on everything, because we should always have a life outside of our, our relationship as well. I mean, yeah, I can talk to my husband about everything, but there's some things that maybe I'm going to talk to somebody else, one of my girlfriends or, you know, someone that I know who's extremely successful, let's say entrepreneur. My husband's not an entrepreneur. He's he's a corporate guy. He doesn't really understand all the intricacies of entrepreneurship, and he it scares the hell out of him. So why would I go to him to look for that? And so I, this is the kind of stuff that I talk to people about. It's like find your board of directors of your life. And then use them appropriately and don't burden your uh, significant other with everything because they don't need to be everything to you. Got it. Now, uh, one of the things I love about your work, Arlene, is that you have a special program, uh, Life Past Divorce. And I think that's so applicable to uh, our culture now. And you deal with, you know, uh, I'm sure you deal with kids and the dating challenges that uh, single divorced people have and and getting back into the market. And uh, what I found when I would, I, I dated <clears throat> some beautiful, very smart, beautiful together women um, who were, who were recently divorced and had kids and stuff when I was, when I was single. And uh, un- invariably though, a lot of them I, that I met were, this was the first time they had met somebody online and they didn't know what they wanted. And they were just like out there, like going shopping for the first time, just browsing a little bit. And I was like, this is going to go nowhere because uh, I, and it and never, and invariably it didn't. Um, so talk to us a little bit about the service you offer for uh, life past divorce and some of the challenges that uh, recently divorced or separated people have when it comes to uh, getting back in the game. So there's a, one quick thing that I want to mention about people who are um, single parents. Many times people have this concept in their head that they don't want to bring anyone around their children or that they're waiting for their kids to grow up and be out of the house. And mm-hmm. so they go into these relationships 
you know, via um, online or how, whatever the case may be, with the with that mindset that this is not going to go anywhere because I'm waiting for my kids to go off to college before I get serious with anyone. And my advice to people like that is that your children should see you in a healthy and happy relationship before they leave your house. So the sooner that you can get into a happy and healthy relationship, it will make a world of difference in the life of your child when they go on to try to establish relationships themselves. So this concept, like even people who want to get a divorce and they wait, they say, no, we're not going to get divorced until the kids are out of the house. It's such a huge mistake because we, you know, we learn by modeling. We don't learn, you know, I I won't learn about relationships by watching it on TV. I'm going to learn by watching my parents and how they interact. And so your children seeing dysfunctional marriages, uh, loveless marriages and all that, staying together just because you're waiting for the kids to get out of the house, it's just the biggest mistake that people can make. At the same time, I'm not a proponent of divorce. So if you can work through it, of course, work through it. But um, so that's number one. Um, and secondly, there's always uh, you have to be very patient with a single parent because there's a lot of scheduling. There's um, financial implications. Every time someone, if they don't yep. have the right resources for childcare and, and stuff like that, it becomes a little mm-hmm. bit challenging. So, but if somebody's worth it, you know, if you if you found found the love of your life, you'll have the tolerance for those kind of things, and maybe find a way to support them in, in, in the dating and everything else. So so it's twofold. It's really the person being open about actually having a relationship and not just having not just thinking, you know, I just want to date and I'm not gonna get serious until my kids are out of the house. And it's also the person dating the single parent being patient and aware of all these various things that go on behind the scenes which make it challenging for someone who's single uh, who's a single parent to actually date. Yep. Um, here's kind of a random question, a little bit, uh, pivoting a little bit. You're in, uh, New Jersey, right? Yes. I'm based out of New Jersey. Now, uh, I grew up in New Jersey and, um, I live in New York city now, but I've back and forth. I've been back and forth over the years and the decades. Do you, I'm not, I'm not sure how much time you spent, uh, if you've lived in the city or whatever, but tell us a little bit about, um, any, differences you see in the dating scene in uh you know in the in the city versus outside of the city and then actually we got a call so we'll take a call after that okay so yeah i mean there's definitely uh it's a little bit challenging in these big cities where people a place like new york where so many people go there for their careers and their um, financially driven and motivated and type A personalities. I mean, certain, a lot of these cities draw those types of people in. So it is challenging for them to connect with the right person. Everybody's moving so quickly, and it's just it's just an environment that is challenging. But it's not impossible, and there's still people out there who are ready and willing to have committed relationships. But for sure, there's a difference. And um, also, you know, with New Jersey being next door to New York, there's some mm-hmm. people that are very open to, and, right. and by the way, I was born and raised in New York and then moved to okay. Jersey, but but some people are open to meeting someone in New York, but not everyone, because some mm-hmm. New Yorkers don't drive, 
And, you right. know, New Jersey, you have to drive everywhere. So those are yep. sort of like the little nuances that we deal with, even as a matchmaker. Um, those are the kind of things that we have to figure out to see if we can put people together. Um, you know, the logistics become a challenge. But I will tell you that I'm not like my husband and I lived over an hour away from each other. He wasn't geographically mm-hmm. desirable. And thank God that I met him halfway because he's like my perfect match. And if I had thrown him away because he wasn't geographically desirable, yeah. I, I would be single right now. Yeah, that's interesting because uh, uh, one of the one of my jobs, one of somebody who worked with me, she used to tell me, I'll only date a guy who's uh, he can only be two subway stops away. That's my cutoff. <laughs> And I thought that was hilarious. I was like, express or local, you know, <laughs> but uh, she had her rules. And uh, by the way, she's still single. But anyhow, uh, we have a call. Why don't we take a call, Arlene, and see if somebody sure. has a, a question for you. All right. Absolutely. Somebody is on from 650 area code. I'm going to ask you for your name and uh, what your question is for Arlene. So welcome to Guys Guys Radio. Hi. Hello. Hi. Actually, Hi. Hi, can you hear Hello. me? Uh, we can Hi. hear you very well. What's your name? My name is actually just Dina, so that name is going to sound familiar to Arlene. Hi. <laughs> I, I'm actually in the industry as well. So I just wanted to echo, our, I think what Arlene said was, I, I think, a very profound point, actually. So I just wanted to echo that from my perspective. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a matchmaker as well who specializes in Indian Americans, and sometimes wow. in our culture we're a very yeah, – so we're a very family-centric culture. So sometimes, yes. you know, I think men and women have, have an idea that, you know, we, we yeah, I mean, we all, as every parent of every ethnicity sacrifices a great deal to be a parent. But sometimes there is this almost like martyr-like, right, attitude of, well, like, like I said, like we're not, you know, until the kids are out of the house, we're only going to, only going to focus on that. But I think that can be really counterproductive, like if we think of the oxygen mask and taking care of ourselves, and also, like she said, modeling a great relationship to, um, to, the, to the kids, because the kids are really going to see what they have at home, and, you know, there, there's some things that they're going to look to in, in partnering up themselves, and to have a great model of that is one of the best gifts you can give your kids and, and yourself as well. So I just wanted to say that. But, um, and that's it. I just thought it was a great comment, so I wanted to echo oh, it as well. Thank you so, so much. Jasmina is an amazing matchmaker based out of L.A. She's, she's, we collaborate all the time. And, and as she said, she works with uh, Indian Americans, or uh, Asian Indians, sorry. Um, but, yes, uh, it's such, a, such an important point that I try to impress upon women and men, you know, about their kids because, Nine times out of ten, when I work with a client, the first thing I do is ask them about the relationships that the parents had. And mm-hmm. almost always it has such an impact on the way people go about their relationships. Um, you know, either they're modeling and doing the same thing or avoiding to the point where their pendulum swings so far that it's just completely out of whack. And so um, being able to, and, and I will tell you, this is not my first marriage. My daughter was in her 20s when she, um, when my husband and I got together, and it's it's just like been so amazing for her, and even her choices in the men that she dates and stuff like that. Just seeing that, you know, the possibilities of a wonderful functional relationship, 
and that there are good men out there that are caring and loving and all the stuff that, you know, she probably didn't think exists, you know, just watching the relationship that I had with her dad. So it, it makes a world of difference and okay, at any well, just, age. All right. Let me ask a question, if you don't mind, Arlene. Let me keep Justine on for one question. I'll ask you both the same question. What do you ladies think that the biggest challenge is uh, uh, for, for the men out there? Because uh, um, – Here's what I hear. Uh, women have made uh, great strides, and uh, they're only recently being recognized for all of their achievements. And it's going to just, it's like a freight train taking off. And a lot of guys are, uh, you know, I always like to say that millennial guys, uh, they're caught between manscaping and the MMA, and the older guys, uh, you know, they're worried about being sent out to Jurassic Park. So it's tough to be a guy nowadays. However, as a guy's guy, I always also like to say that there's never been a better time to be a guy, uh, but uh, it's never been a better time for guys to be whatever they want to be, whoever they want to be, but it's never been less clear who men really are right now. So what is the problem? What is the issues? What are the challenges for men? And how can you two ladies help them get their yeah. act together so women will be interested? Well, one thing... Well, uh, uh, go ahead. I mean, yeah, and then I'll get off because I definitely don't want to don't want to no, 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 answer what Arlene has to say. But the one thing I'll say before getting off is I think you nailed it when you said in that confusion, right? Kind of not knowing. For men, they get kind of confused. Like, you know, does she? Let's say she earns the same. Let's say we're both lawyers at a law firm. Let's say, right? And so you're like, okay, I kind of know we're about the same associate rank. Let's say, so we know we're probably earning about the same. So what does that mean? Can I offer to pay the bill? Should I let her make the plans for the right? And it's, it's confusing. So I think the confusion actually is one of the biggest issues. And what I tell guys is, you know what? She, most of the women, because we work with men and women, and I have found that a guy who's respectful, but a, like a man with a plan, right? Don't shy away from making a plan for the date. It won't go wrong. Mm-hmm. Don't shy away from, you know, going ahead and, and, you know, taking the bill. And if she, you know, if she insists or something, that's a whole different ballgame. But most women would love a guy because a lot of women now are used to, they're, they're confused. So the guy's not making a plan. He just wants to hang out. But it's like, you know, that's not very appealing to most, to most women. Oh, just hang out. They want, you know, they want a guy to kick the lead. So I think being a manly man, a respectful manly man, can go a really long way and confident and bold and not be, you know, concerned about uh, being confident and bold. So okay. that's, I'm going to, and I'm going to disconnect just because I don't want to, I don't want to take, you know. Well, we've got a I, bunch of other calls with, too. Arlene just, you know, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Me, I bet thank you. Do. you. Uh, forgive okay, me, Arlene, yeah. because pleasure. I know you guys are buddies. Thanks, but just, you know, hit right. me up on take Facebook. Care, right? Okay. okay. I, I totally I totally agree with Justina and, and what she said, but um, the take I was going to give you on that particular question is that we are going through a big paradigm shift and that we all have to just deal with the fact that there are more women getting a college education. There are more women now, um, and from what I understand, by 2025 or something like that, that are going to be more employed than men and right. at some mm-hmm. point, we'll control money in a way that hasn't been done before. I mean, we've always been 80% of the decisions that are made to spend money are made by women, even in households between men and women. But but what's happening now is that there's a big shift. And so 
I think that we have to just embrace it and change our mindset around it in terms of yes, you you know, you make more you can make more money than the your significant other and still have a happy and healthy relationship. And I think that for a long time, you know, for lack of a better term, we've always kind of wanted to date up or, and the guys right. never cared. You know, you gave me a list of four things. Not one of those was having a career, a certain right. this or making X dollars, you know? So mm-hmm. what's happening now is that women just have to come to terms with the idea that yes, you know, you're, you're doing well, or you're getting ahead. You're, you have these great jobs, you have your education and you are very likely to make more money than your significant other. And that's okay as long as you have the right person in your life, what does it matter? Guys never cared about that. Why do you? Why do we care? So mm-hmm. that's the big shift I Good think answer. that's coming. Okay, and thank you for being so kind to allow your uh, your your friend on there. So um, <laughs> I just wanted to give her. I thought it'd be fun to have the three of us together. So I apologize if that took up some of the no time. No worries. I love caller. Justina. No, no okay. problem at all. Great. Okay, so we have another caller from six four six, and I actually because the, all all of a sudden the switchboard lit up, and I inadvertently when I was cutting uh, Justina off her call off, um, I cut somebody else out. So who, if you're listening out there, and you had called and you got disconnected, call us back. So I'm going to connect our six four six caller and would ask for your name and uh, your question for Arlene. Good evening. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio. Hi. Good evening. My name is Your Highness, and I do, I've been following Arlene for some time, and I had a question about self-love and valuing yourself and how that interprets in your relationship. Um, I've been following her for such a long time, and she talks about self-love and encourages mm-hmm. um, that. And, you know, you guys mentioned about being in New York and dating and how hard it is, and it is, especially when you're a little young and you're into your career. So my question is, you know, in love, you have to be forgiving. You have to be uh, patient, as you guys say, you guys have been speaking of. But um, sometimes, you know, how do you cross, how do you know when to cross the love line, when the line is crossed, you know? You love yourself, but how is it that you value love in the forgiveness and value yourself? That is such a great, yes, I totally get your question, Joey, and thank you for calling in. Um, okay, so that's a great question, and, and this is where before you get out there to, to date and to, you know, try to attract the right person, the self-love has to be in place because anyone who doesn't value themselves is going to attract someone who doesn't value them. And I also think, and, and I would love to get your comment on this, Robert, but I feel that women who have standards for themselves men appreciate that and you create you know your standards and you have your boundaries and and you you take care of yourself which is part of the self-love all of that exudes into a confidence and a certain um you know people are are, it's like it's 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 so attractive to have that kind of self-love not Not be conceited or anything like that so mm-hmm. I, I'd be curious to hear your your thoughts on that as a man, but um, I really believe yeah. that women should always have their own standards and take care of themselves and love themselves and be confident before they try to attract uh, someone into their life. 
Oh, I agree with you. Uh, whether it's a man or a woman, I think everybody needs to have self-love. And it's not about narcissism. It's about self-respect and it's about being comfortable in their own skin. And if you can't really love yourself and recognize your own divinity, if you will, you can't, you're going to have a problem in recognizing the divinity in everybody else you come across. And that means people who, who make a lot of bad decisions and you might think that is the worst person ever. They are all from the same source. So I think for, as a guy, we want a woman who's comfortable in her own skin and a, and a lot of, a lot of women and a lot of guys aren't. And uh, it comes across and you feel the vibe and we guys want, they don't want to have an extra thing to worry about. Like, Oh, like she's not comp- confident in who she is. They want a girl who's rocking and that makes them feel good about themselves mm-hmm. and makes them feel good about, mm-hmm. I want to be with this woman. And um, that's a confident guy. And you want that, uh, that she feels mm-hmm. like she's aware. That's not being cocky or anything like that or arrogant. It's just like she, I know she's comfortable in who she is. She's smart. She can handle herself and she's great to be around because ultimately if you're going to hook up with somebody and really make it work, you're going to spend a lot of time together and she's going to be your best friend and not in a cliche way, but she's going to be more valuable Mm. than your best guy friend because this is somebody that not only you're going to hang with and share your feelings with and share your thinking with, you're going to sleep with her also. So it's incredibly important that uh, she feels good about herself because who wants to be with Debbie Downer, right? Yeah, right. But my question is more of if you feel that you do have this value for yourself and how do you like basically put the standard between being forgiving and having that self-love. Like I feel confident in myself. I've loved myself and you're going through a hard time in a relationship. So you have to be forgiving in, in certain areas, I guess. Where do you cross the line of being forgiving and kind of being a pushover in a relationship is more well, of my question. Uh, let me pipe in first and I'll hand it over to Arlene. I think it depends on what the, the, the uh, uh, the, the, what the other person did that uh, requires forgiveness. I mean, everybody has your own set of rules. Like if it's a relationship where, you know, cheating means sex and your guy had sex with another woman, that's, you know, that's a problem. If it's, you know, mentally or emotionally cheating, uh, that's, that's a different thing, but that's a problem also. So, you know, that's usually the biggest problem in a relationship. So I guess what the, uh, what the other person has done that requires forgiveness and what your kind of uh, standard is, is the issue. And that's mm. all up to you. Arlene, what do you think? I totally agree. I mean, when it comes to the topic of cheating, you know, there was a time back in the old days where people forgave cheating and got on with their lives and actually went on to actually have great relationships despite the cheating. And now there's like shaming that if you are with someone and they cheat on you and you both make a concerted effort to continue the relationship and to work towards a, a, a good future together, people will shame you because you didn't leave the relationship. So that's a separate topic. But if you have standards for yourself and you have clear um, um specifics of what you need out of a relationship and you share that information with that particular that significant other and they tell you I can't provide that for you then you have to cut your losses and believe people when they tell you I I am not going to do that so if you are with someone Mm -hmm. and it's important for you to get married or to have children and that person says I don't want to get married and I don't want to have children walk away cut your losses and move on because 
it's just not fair. If somebody's being honest with you and they're telling you exactly how they feel and what they mm-hmm. want out of life and it's not in alignment with what you want, then then you just have to, you know, call it a day and agree to disagree and not have any hard feelings about it. Um, so yeah. it's, it's that kind of thing that where people waste years and years of their lives and then wake up and say, why am I single, you know? Um, so I, I just, it's so important to, to just be clear on what you need out of a relationship and be able to communicate that right. in, a, in a loving way. It doesn't have to be an argument. Yeah. Part of self love is basically knowing exactly what you're want and what you're willing to put up with and not put up with as far as your standards. Yeah. And I mean, not so much put up with, but that, you know, everybody, we're all flawed. So we all have our challenging moments. And so if you can laugh things off, you know, like there's certain things that people will always do that may aggravate you. You can talk about mm-hmm. it and, and and do it in a loving way and in a helpful way without complaining or um, yeah. nagging. But, um, you know, it's not so much put up with because that just kind of has like a negative tone. So if you're at a point where you're exacerbated with someone and you're using terms like I have to put up with that, then you're probably mm-hmm. not in the right relationship. I would agree with Thank Arlene you. completely. That's a, that's a buzzword yeah. there, a phrase when you say putting up with, because that's not what, you know, is, is that making you happy? You know, putting right. up with stuff. So you have to, you yeah. know, have, it's up to you and it's personal as to what the indiscretion is and what, you know, what you're willing to uh, be flexible about. But at a certain point, it's about joy and happiness and abundance and you have to make those choices on your own. And I agree a thousand percent with Arlene is at a certain point, if it doesn't, doesn't sync up, then you're actually being more fair to yourself and the other person if you just walk at that point in a, in a nice way. Right. Okay. Well, thank you guys both so much. All right. Thank Thanks so much for calling. We appreciate it. All right. Let's, uh, Arlene, you're fantastic. So I'm really enjoyed this. I want to give you the uh, floor here, the platform to talk about anything that you wanted to touch on in terms of the multifaceted uh, get real, get love, the AV connections, life past divorce. You've got so much that you offer. Uh, <laughs> t- tell our listeners whatever you want. Take a couple minutes and uh, this is your time to pitch. Oh, well, thank you. Um, well, actually, I um, I have a conference coming up, and it is with the Matchmaking Institute. Um, it's in New York, and it's in April of 2018. That's the 20th and 21st. Now, this conference is a love conference. We have speakers that are ther- psychologists, researchers, um, entrepreneurs go to this conference. It is amazing for anyone who's interested in learning about, you know, any kind of self-help and if they're an entrepreneur and things like that. It's a two-day conference. It's absolutely amazing. If you want to learn more about it, um, you can go to the matchmakinginstitute.com and take a look at that. It's not just for matchmakers or date coaches. It's for anyone who wants to grow personally when it comes to their relationship. And um, also there's some business topics and so forth. Um, So it's uh, two days in New York. It's fabulous, and I hope that you'll Good. come, Robert, because I think you would love it. And we get a lot of well, media coverage and hey, all that. Well, re- remind me. I'd love to show up. That's great. Thank you for thinking of me. Yeah, that'd be yeah. great. Yeah. Um, okay, so listen, where can uh, our audience find you? Because you have a lot to offer, and uh, <laughs> then I'll let you go after that. 
Okay, well, if anyone is interested in learning more about our services when it comes to matchmaking, coaching, and all that good stuff, um, they can reach me at AV Connections, and that's A V C O N N E X I O N S dot com, or they can call 201 632 5991, and I would be happy to jump on a uh, call at no cost to them and discuss, you know, their relationship goals and talk about a plan and see if we can help them or refer them to someone that can help them. So um, please feel free to reach out. And uh, thank you so much for having me, Robert. This has been so much fun. My pleasure. I hope it was worth the wait, and I hope we have a good connection, and I hope we can do it again because it was so much fun to get the call. So let's do it again sometime. Absolutely. Great. All right. Well, have a great evening, and thanks so much. And everybody, it's Arlene Vasquez Washburn. Okay, so uh, let's take a quick break here on Guys Guys Radio. This is Robert Manny, your host, and then we'll come back and I'll do a real quick Guys Guys Guide because we're running late and then uh, we'll wrap the show. So we're going to take a very quick break right now. All right, we're back. Let's do the Guys 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 real quick. As I promised, uh, I will always do a quick segment that's about... um, uh, usually about my blog on my website, Robert Manny, M-A-N-N-I.com. And I take a different topic every week and I've done, let's see, about 275 to 300, somewhere in that area, posts. And they're all about 1,000 to 1,500 words. And I take on a different topic, anything that has to do with life, love, and the pursuit of happiness through the lens of a guy's guy. And, um, you know, people ask me, what's a guy's guy? Well, it's not necessarily a man's man. It's an updated version of a man's man. But a guy's guy, he's got casual confidence. He's got unassuming strength, seductive integrity, emotion, emotional intelligence, timeless style. He likes to have a good time, and he's a good friend, too. So one of the ways that we can talk about a uh, guy's guy is I can give you some examples of guys who aren't guys, guys. And I thought this was appropriate now because there's so much happening now in the news with bad behavior by men and they're finally getting called out of it. So number one is kind of our anti guys guy, if you will, is Harvey Weinstein. Now, why? Well, I think it's pretty obvious. I mean, he has been accused of abusing his power and sexual being a sexual predator uh, in Hollywood. And there's always been the whole Hollywood casting couch and all of that and going after these young ingenues and starlets. And, uh, you know, he's under the microscope right now, as he should be, and he's probably going to have to pay more of a price than he's paying right now. And I hope this is a wake-up call for that entire industry because men have gotten away with too much in that. And you know what? Guys, guys realize that. They don't have to do that to, to have sex. A guy's guy is comfortable in his own skin and respects women. And he knows that no means no, period. So let's see who else. That brings me to the second group, and that is men who don't respect me too. Now, I've read a lot of stuff online, a lot of ladies coming out, and I'm like, wow, even family members, ex-girlfriends saying, like, me too. And that's women who have been uh, uh, not treated well by men, whether it's uh, sexual abuse or emotional abuse or predatory behavior. And you know what? I respect and applaud all the women getting together and coming out and saying, look at this. This is an issue, and I've been part of it. And I think the more women that get out there and say, me too, who have been under that, uh, that guise and that pressure need to come forward. Now, I think a lot of guys are confused. They don't know, like, does that mean you've been raped? Does that mean you've been physically abused? Does that mean you've been emotionally abused? Does that mean you've just been hit on? You're, taking this, you're not taking this thing seriously enough? 
too seriously, rather, it doesn't matter. It's how the woman defines it. And if she feels that she hasn't been treated right, then guys, we have to wake up and be respectful. Number three, and I'll just do five. There's uh, 11 of them that I've, that I've written about. Uh, I think our president, I think uh, whether you like him or loathe him, uh, you got to admit this guy has a problem with the way he treats women. You know, besides the whole locker room talk thing, uh, as he calls it, with Billy Bush on uh, uh, Access Hollywood or whatever, you ever notice the dynamic between him and his wife? She looks as miserable as half the country is right now. And we're all forced to spend time witnessing uh, as some of his bewilderingly disrespectful statements and criticisms of basically anybody who crosses this guy's path. So whether you like him and his policies or not, like I believe disruption is good, but he's way, way, way over the top and disrespectful. So I think that's an issue. And the next one is, you know, Trump's sons, you know, they get a little bit of a pass because they grew up in a bubble and they might not realize how creepy and crass they are. But, you know, Junior, he he basically uh, ranted that women who can't take harassment in the workplace shouldn't be working. That's bad. And the two guys, him and his brother, uh, they seem to get their jollies by uh, big game hunting, uh, which is basically killing defenseless, majestic, endangered animals. Uh, come on, you got to be able to do better than that, guys. And the last one I'm going to pick out is um, this is an interesting one uh, because it's not about sex here. This is Alex Rodriguez. He is now he's a ex-Yankee. Uh, he was busted, basically outed about his uh, PED steroid use twice. Once after the Yankees won their last World Series in 2009, and then a few le- years later, and both times he denied it. Now he's got, you know, he dates J-Lo. He's got this great gig on Fox. He is kind of the centerpiece in the baseball pregame program. And it's interesting because, to me, he's a bag of wind. He's totally been prepped as to what to say. He has no real insights. And he, the other three uh, Hall of Fame baseball players who sit there with him, you can tell that they cringe at everything he says because he sounds so canned and disingenuous. Yet they consider him a big upcoming star on Fox. So that's just how they package things. He's a good-looking guy also. He's got those perfect white chiclet veneers, and, uh, and uh, he's got a name. And the other thing about him that to me is so irksome is that, and it's very telling in that, he keeps showing off his World Series ring that he won with the Yankees, yet he has shame because if he really believed that he was a champion like he was, he would keep that ring on his ring finger and he would show his fist when he's showing off that ring. Like he's trying to, he keeps trying to say that the Yankees are going to the world series. And I agree. It looks like they're on their way. I think they're up for nothing now, but instead he takes the ring off and he holds it up. Like, look at this ring. And to me, that's very telling in that he is not confident having that ring on his finger. So anyhow, these are five guys who I think um, are demonstrating and exemplifying what a guy's guy isn't. So there's more of it. It's coming on my blog. It should be up in the next couple of days. But that's one of the things I write about. You know, there's what guys guys are and what guys guys aren't. So anyhow, that's our show for this evening. I think it's been a great one. Arlene was fantastic. Um, We're back next week with uh, PJ Dixon, another uh, relationship expert. As I promised, we're going to do a series on relationship experts. And we'll just keep going. So I hope you have a wonderful week. And uh, I I love doing the show and I'm really appreciative of the audience. And remember, we always wrap the show with what I always like to say is guys, guys, finish first.